Good to see everybody. Glad that you're here this morning. And uh, yeah, just as I'd listen to that guy. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Sort of, kind of, not really. Um, but we do have our next step. So I'm going to talk, talk a little bit about that um, this morning. The fact that a lot of people are asking when we come here, because we've got a lot of new people coming um, and have new people that have been coming for a while. What is next? What are the next steps for being a part of this church? When you come to Sojourn, what is that? What does that look like? How, how are we supposed to um, you know, go forward? And so that's why we have this, because we believe that we pray this for over you every week. We are pastors. We pray over this every week that you have an encounter with the Lord. Amen? We, we don't just want you to just come and just attend, sit in a chair. I've said this before, sit in a seat, sing some songs, then be like, that was a nice service. That was, I don't, I don't, that is not our desire. We, our desire is that you grow in the things of God, that you, that you grow up, as the Bible says, grow up into the head, which is Christ. Amen? You should want to grow. Uh, there should be something on the inside of you that got put on the inside of you that wants to grow. I remember uh, being, a, being a kid and my mother would do the little the measuring deal where I'd stand under the, 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 you know, the counter or whatever, and she'd mark off where I, where I was growing. And, um, you know, and I, cause I wanted to know if I, have I progressed as I, have I gone forward? And so the truth of the matter is, is God, God put that on the inside of us to grow. Uh, even my own kids, man, we are almost honey. We're close uh, to being empty nesters. It's coming. It's going to be a reality one day. We're going to be empty nesters and we're going we, it's going to be good. But they, we, I didn't want, I want them to grow. I want them to grow up and I want them to grow, go out and I want them to go out and be who God's called them to be. Amen. Any parents want their kids to grow. And you know what? You don't have to, you don't have to worry about, you know, if you feed them and make sure they have what they need, they grow. Isn't that right? They do. They grow. I, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen myself grow. I've seen myself grow out. You know, I've seen uh, this year, I've, I've grown out, and I'm trying to grow back in. That's what I was working on, trying to grow back in. I remember walking one day, trying to, trying to lose weight, whatever, and um, the police stopped me in the neighborhood, and um, they stopped me because they didn't, you know, they're just like, why are you walking this late at night? I was like, well, I'm just walking. They go, well, we've had a, a break-in at Discount Tire, and uh, people have been stealing tires. I go, no, sir, I'm trying to lose my spare tire. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get... <laughs> They, he, they laughed. On the intercom, they said, stop, you know, and they laugh, and they go, okay, sir, go back to walking. So the truth is, is that there should be growth. There should be a place where you're growing in the things of God. So that's why we have our Next Step program for you to be able to grow. You come in, and like I said, we pray that you, when you come here that you have an encounter, that you're greeted, or you come in and you're, you grab coffee or whatever it is, that you have an encounter with the Lord, that you don't leave the same way that you came in to this place. Amen. That's our desire. You should have that desire, too. You were intentional this this morning about coming to church. You got ready. You got dressed. You had a mind to come to church and be a part of the service. And so you should be we want to be intentional about helping you grow with our next step. That's why the first one is encounter. We believe that everything starts with an encounter with God. Amen. You need to have an encounter with God. And I'm not talking about an old encounter. I'm not talking about somebody asking you, have you had an encounter with the Lord? Like, yeah, back in 18, 19. I remember. Oh, I remember back when the Lord touched me and we were singing that, give me that old time religion. Give and the Lord came in. That was so nice. Nah, that was great back then. But God says, I'm doing a new thing, says the Lord. He's doing that. I'm telling you, there's an encounter. There's a fresh encounter for you every day. There should be a place where you can. He's like, I'm, I want a new encounter. I want a fresh encounter. It begins with it begins with an encounter with the Lord. If you're here today or you're watching online. And you don't know Jesus, you need to start right there. Some of you have known Jesus and been walking with Jesus. I want to tell you, you need a fresh encounter with the Lord. 
You need an amazing fresh encounter so that you can have a new encounter every day. His mercies are new every morning. How come we can't have a fresh encounter every day? Amen? I know you're looking at me crazy, but I'm telling you, this is why I'm speaking truth this morning. I'm preaching actually better than you're responding, but it's all, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but you need an encounter, and, and, that's, and that's important. Then to discover is the next step, where you discover God's word. You discover him in his word. The Bible says this, talks about the fact that in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. He is in, in the beginning of all things. He is the word. His name is the word of God. And so, therefore, I don't know any believer, I don't know anybody who's growing in Christ, who wants to grow in Christ, who wants to go forward in the things of God that, that doesn't have an encounter with the Word. You need to have an encounter with the Word to grow. Amen? Um, that's what we, in children's ministry, we sing that song. If you read your Bible and pray every day, you'll grow, grow, grow. Sing that song. And so there's a place where there's growth that happens in the Word of God. Discover his peace. Discover his joy. Discover his life. Discover the things that, that he has for us, but growing in the Word. And that's important. The next thing is we want you to connect. Everybody say connect. Yes, because any, anyone who's not a part of the vine, and the Bible says this, apart from him, we can do can't do anything, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So you need to be connected. Oh, and I, I, it's, it's the ones who are not connected is the one that gets devoured by the enemy. Do you know that? I mean, I've seen all the nature shows. I've seen, I've seen, you know, Nova next time on Nova, you know, and there's a guy, that, or, or, or the Steve guy, the guy that's from Australia. He goes, there he is in his habitat, and he's all by himself. Oh, but then in the the weeds, there's a lion lurking, and all of a sudden, and that's why you can't watch movies with black people, because we be talking to the movie all the time. I'd be like, run! He gonna get you! (laughs) That's like, who are you talking to? Like, they gonna get the lion, you know? But you're laughing, but some of you are away from the body. You're away, you're not connected. You're not connected at all. You think you are, and I want to say this. You can get mad at me if you want to. We didn't give tomatoes on the way in here. Um, but you can get mad if you want to. But Facebook is not being connected. Connected, 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 connected. Just because you Snapchatted something about you, something that you ate, doesn't mean that I know that I'm, I know exactly what's going on in your life. Yes, it looks good. Please send me all the steaks. Send me all the pictures of the steaks and the salmon and all that stuff. But that doesn't mean you're connected. You need to be connected to the body of Christ. Right now, more than ever, you need to be connected to the body of Christ. With all the things that are going on right now, you know you need to be connected. Some of you just like, but I just, I don't know people and I don't know how. Just, just You have to make an attempt to be connected to the body of Christ. You abide in the vine. You make a decision. to. You can look at me crazy all you want to, but you're captain. Lock the doors, ushers. Nobody going anywhere. (laughs) You need to be connected. You don't need to be out on your own doing your own thing. You need to be doing his thing and doing what he's called you to do. So you need to be connected. The last thing we want you to do is go out and make a difference. We are, what we've said from the beginning, Pastor Terry and Susan have said this from the beginning. It's been our motto is what we said, making disciples who make a difference. That's what God's called us to do. You want more wisdom? Give it away. You want peace? Give it away. We need to be conduits of of what God has and what he's doing through us and so that we can give it to others and be a blessing. Freely you receive, freely you you give. That's right. You give it. You receive much. Anybody receive much? Give it away. Give away the peace of God. I pray... That if, as you come here, and I'm just, just not talking about it in, the, in a church service in these walls, but as you come here, that you, get so, you have such an encounter with the Lord that you give away. That people can't help. You spill on people. I'm not talking about coffee. I'm talking about spill his joy, his peace, 
his love, his life. They bump into you. <laughs> what is that? That's peace. That's his joy. That's who he is. So you give yourselves away. God's called you to do that. Amen? The world needs Jesus. They need to have Jesus, and therefore we are called to do that. So we want you to be so, um, so connected, and we want you to be so uh, in a place where you discover his life and his love that anytime anybody asks you, they'll be like, do you go to that church? Like, yep, I go to that church. Are they that kind of church? Mm-hmm, they're that kind of church. What, what kind of church are they? Well, they're a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, Jesus-following church. They go after the things of God, hardcore. Not only that, but they believe in the gifts of the Spirit and that they've not passed away. They believe in the Word of God. They stand upon the Word of God. They believe that there's only one way to Jesus. There's not a bunch of ways to the Lord. We believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe in miracles. We believe in signs and wonders. We believe... In his grace, we believe in the power of God. Are, you, are, are they one of them revival churches? Mm-hmm. They one of them kind of churches where they believe that the spirit and the power of God can fall at any time and arrest you. You have a right to remain in Jesus. Anything you say can and will be used against you to bring you into the kingdom of God. You have a right to an attorney. His name is Jesus. He's already gone before you and created a way so that you can be in the kingdom and do what God's called you to do. And therefore, I'd keep my, I, I can't keep it on the inside of me. Like Jeremiah said, there is fire shut up in my bones because the power and the fire and the presence and the peace and the love and the joy of God is my strength and I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. That's what kind of church we are. That's what kind of church we go to. How's your church? You know what I'm saying? I hope you I hope you have that, that kind of encounter. So that's why we want you to, we want you to be engaged. I want you to be a part. Amen? I'm going to talk briefly in, this, in the time that we have remaining. Turn your Bibles to John chapter, chapter 4. Um, we're going to be looking at, we're going to start this Sunday talking about an encounter because that's the first step. That's the first step to, to in, in any place where you are. It's like, well, I've already had an encounter. You need a new one. You know what? When you wake up in the morning, tomorrow morning, Monday, you're going to need a fresh encounter. Tuesday, guess what? <laughs> Fresh encounter. The next day, you're going to need another one. Can I get a witness? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm talking to the right people. Um, and so you're going to need an encounter. So therefore, we're going to, this is one of my favorite encounters in the Bible. All throughout the scriptures, there were encounters with God. I mean, you're talking about, think about this. I want you to just pause just for a second. Think about this. A God, because usually when you talk about you need to have an encounter with God, we talk about the fact you need to have an encounter with God. But have you ever stopped to think about the fact that God wants to have an encounter with you. you, you you've been thinking about the fact, i got to have an encounter with the Lord. He's just like, you, I've been chasing after you. I've been, look, I've been going after you. Amen? So that's what we're praying would happen this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is alive, it's powerful, it's quick and sharper than any two-edged sword. Help us, Lord, to have eyes to see. Help us to have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Lord, where any of the, just silence the noise. I'm praying even right now, silence the noise of your situation, of the circumstance, and we want to tune in to what the Spirit of God is saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to read, we're in, we're in John chapter 4, we're going to read from, the, in, from uh, in verse 1, but I want you to think again about the fact that God wants to encounter you. Think about the fact that you go to Genesis when the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. 
That sounds like somebody waiting for something to happen, wanting something to happen. He started way back in Genesis. And then, then he made man and formed man because he always wanted to have a people. There was, there was a plan from the beginning. How do you know? Because he said before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. Already before the foundation, the lamb was already, there was already a plan in place. Not only that, sounds like somebody who wants to have an encounter with people, he formed Adam. And, and he walked with him, the Bible says, in the cool of the day. The word cool of the day actually means the spirit of the day. He walked with, walked with Adam. That sounds like somebody want to have an encounter? And then when Adam sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says that he called out to Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? Not because he didn't know where Adam was, but because Adam didn't know where he was. And therefore, he, he sounds like somebody he wants to have an encounter. Then Cain, when he slew his brother, he, he come and said he, he pursued Cain. Even before that, he go, Cain, why is, your, why is your countenance fallen? He went to Cain. He talked. He's pursued him. And all throughout the scriptures, he's wanted to have an encounter with his people. He even says, I will be their God, and they will be my people. I will be their God. They will be my people. He wanted to have an encounter. He was chasing after you. He's, he's, he's the one that says, I, behold, I stand. Stand at the door and knock. Anybody will hear my voice and open the door. I'll come in and, and, and dine with them and they with me. Does that sound like somebody who wants to have an encounter? He's chasing after you, wants after you, we're going after you, we're going after you. So you think, that's why I can't understand the fact when people say sometimes they go, I found, I found Jesus. How do you find somebody who was never lost? He was never lost in the first place. He, he never, he was not lost. It was us that was lost. That's why we, when somebody who wrote the wrong, whoever wrote that song, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more, but the master of the sea. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know who I'm talking about? Anybody heard the master's despair? Heard your, hear, he hear your cry? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And from the waters lifted me and safe. Am I? Because it was love that lifted you. It wasn't the drugs and the alcohol and all the other things and the running around. It was, it was love that lifted you up out of the miry clay and set your feet on a rock. It was God's love that reached around and found you in the place that you were. And so you go, I found Jesus. I beg to differ. He found you and was looking for you. Amen. And so it was, it was, it was him. He was, he was searching and, and going after you when you were at a place where you were trying to find out exactly what's going on. So we're going to read it verse, in verse, um, verse 1. It says, uh, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. And I'm going to stop there for a second because it's, it's so important. I'm, I'm going to encourage you to do this this year as you're reading the word of God. I want to ask you to turn into detectives. So ask questions. Don't just read the Bible and be like, that's nice. I want the scriptures to, to grip you when you read it. Ask a question. Like, why did he need to go through Samaria? Jesus doesn't need anything. But it said there, we read it, he needed to go through Samaria. What, what was the purpose? There was purpose behind. Why did he need to go through that? There was many ways. When I type in my GPS in my, in my, uh, in my car, um, it gives me different routes, right? They give me, I'm always wanting to take the fastest route. But how many of you know sometimes the fastest route isn't always the best route? The best route is his route, where he's taking you. Some of you this morning, you're on a route, you're on a journey, and you're on a detour. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're on a detour where you were going this way. I thought I was going from point A 
to point B, but how did Z and Q and R get in, get in here? How did, that, how did that happen? You're on a detour. And so we're trying to get to the destination, and God is saying that I have you on a journey, and the journey is the destination. It's your walk with the Lord. It's your place with the Lord. It's your step with the Lord. The Lord is the one leading and guiding us in the way that we should go. How do you know that? Well, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. And though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down because the Lord will uphold him with his hand. So the Lord's ordering steps. So he going, he's going around. He's going, he's going where he needs to going through Samaria. And I'm telling you right now, some of you, before I get ready to read this scripture, I feel like the Lord dropped this in my spirit. Some of you are at a place right now, and you don't necessarily know where you are in your journey with the Lord. Some of you may be on that detour that I'm talking about. Some of you are just, maybe just starting. Some of you are trying to find out exactly where you're supposed to go. I want to tell you right now that the GPS of the Holy Spirit knows exactly where to track you and exactly knows where to take you to get you to the place that God has called you to, to be who he's called you to be. Amen? Oh, he has. He has. He's just like, well, I don't know where I am. That's why the Lord says, I'm just recalculating. I'm recalculating your steps. I'm just, because that's what I love my GPS. It doesn't say, hey, dummy, you made a wrong turn. Why did you do that? You know, why you, he didn't say that. He goes, recalculating, rerouting. Rerouting, it's just, it's just, and then it does a little circle of death deal where it's circle. You know, sometimes I punch in and be like, I got nothing, bro. I got nothing for you. But I'm telling you, he's just able to move you where he is. The Spirit of God moves us wherever he wills if we'll yield to the Spirit of God. And it does take us yielding to his Spirit. Amen? amen. Now, I know I don't get a whole lot of amens on that because we don't like that word, you know, when he talks to us. And no, I don't want to yield. I want to do what I want to do. No, we need to do what the Spirit of God tells us to do. Are you obedient to what he's telling you to do? Or are you you're just doing your own thing? You're out there doing your own thing. I, I remember when I was doing my own thing, I'm talking about T-H-A-N-G. You know what I'm saying? I was doing my own thing. And I was like, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And when I got in alignment with his will, mm, I'm telling you, I was on his, I'm walking his will. I'm walking his will and ways in the center of his will. That's the best place to be. Yeah. Pastor Terry used to tell me that all the time. He'd be like, the best place to be is in the center of his will. Where he wants us, where he wants to be. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Be in the groove, be in his groove. Some of you guys, I told you, my mom was on, was a dance, she's dancing on soul trains. And every time she just, she goes, you feel, you hear that? That's the groove. I'm like, no, mama, what is that? She goes, see, see your hips moving right there? She goes, that's the groove right there. Some of you need to get in God's groove and let him take you where he wants to. You hear what I'm telling you? Not, not your way. So I, that's free. I'm, you ain't got that, that's free. Here's what it said, verse 5 says, So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sekar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob well, well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, Ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, mm, do you know the gift of God? If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? 
And Jesus said to her, answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, just stop for a second. Just look up here. Here's, here's the deal. There's an encounter. The reason why Jesus needed to go through Samaria is because there was an encounter at the well. See, the first point is that he's intentional. God is intentional about having an encounter with you. He has always been seeking out. He was waiting. She's going about her day. And so intentionality that Jesus has about being at the well at the right time, at the right place, with the right person, doing the right thing, saying the right, because he's listening to his father to have that encounter. Do you know that God wants to have that same encounter with you? That he wants you to have that same encounter. It should look like you're just going your own way. All of a sudden, you turn around and you see Jesus, and there's an encounter that happens that will change your life. It should change your life. Amen? When it takes one encounter, it only takes one encounter. And that's because we're the ones that lost. We're the ones that move away from him. He stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? He encounters us. I remember when I was, when I was a kid, and I got, I, I got lost at a grocery store. My mother was there. And, um, she, you know, it was one of those deals where she had the talk. Everybody have the pep talk with your kids before you go to the grocery store? Vanessa still has that with me today when I go into, like, Beretta store or the Bass Pro Shop. She goes, when we go in here, I don't want you to ask for nothing. Don't touch anything. And don't look at anything. Don't even breathe when we go in this store. We want to make sure we go in. And so my mother had that talk with me. She's just like, hey, don't touch nothing. Don't, don't ask for nothing. Don't look at anything. I don't want to hear it. Keep your hand on the cart. And somehow I disobeyed. I don't understand that. I, don't, I'm, I was a good kid. I don't understand. No, I'm just kidding. I got lost in the grocery store. And that sinking feeling came over my heart. It was just a sinking feeling. I just knew. I was like, not only, I wasn't scared of not, of not being found. I was scared of being found. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all laughing because y'all know what y'all know. There's, there's a spirit of the Lord and there's a spirit of the fear of Thelma. My mama's name is Thelma Jean. And so I'm just like, I was just, I was a feared. I was a feared. And so all of a sudden I'm lost. And you can always find me because I'm always at the, at the, uh, the fruit roll-up aisle. That's why I love, I love fruit roll-ups back then. I just loved them. And so I was there and I had lost my way. And all of a sudden I hear the voice. I heard my mother's voice. And she was walking around with somebody that was trying to shoot. I'm looking for my son. All of a sudden she found me. She goes, oh, there you are. Oh, wow. She goes, thank you so much. She goes, I was looking for him. She goes, I was looking for you. I go, me? Yes, you. I was looking for you. I'm so glad I, I'm so glad I found you. I'm like, yes. Now let's go. Thank you so much. You've been a great help. And so the lady left. She got in the car. She's like, what? I was wrong with you. I told you to stay. You're, oh, I'm going to kill you when you get home. You're going to die. Pick your weapon. Switch, belt, gun. Pick your weapon. You're going to die today. Keep your hand on the card. How you keep your hand on the card? We ain't got no hands, huh? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all laughing, but anyway. The truth of the matter is, is that she found me, but that she was pursuing me. I was just lost. And a lot of you have been in a place, you remember where you were lost, and then all of a sudden the Spirit of God, the presence of God finds you and then redirects you and, help, and causes you to go in the direction that he's called you to go. It's intentional. God's intentional. That's my first point. Second point is this. There's, a, there's an intention, intentional encounter with God. There's also an unconventional encounter with God where, where it's, an, it's, a, 
encounter that is out of the box. Anybody ever had an encounter with God that's out of the box, out of the ordinary, not the same? That's what I pray that our services are on Sunday morning, that it's not the same thing. I never pray. I pray that we never get into a place where, where we're routine and we're rote, where you go, I know we're going to have this here. I know we're going to have that there. I know Pastor Chris. I, don't, I pray that we don't have just a normal. I want us to have the service that God wants us to have. I want us to join with the service that's going on in heaven, where they look up and they see something in God that they've never seen before, and they go, mm, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then look over here. And the one angel flew and flying with the, with the wings covering his face, covering his feet, covering, it, covering everything. And then flying going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then all the elders are casting their crowns down. But I just cast my crown down. Well, get his crown and cast it down because holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And not only do I pray that that happens on a Sunday morning, but I pray that in your quiet time, in your prayer time, in your worship time, that you get to a place in your life, you get to a place in your time with the Lord, that you see something in him that you've never seen before. You go, mm, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God mm, Almighty who was and is and is to come. I pray that you come and you say, Pastor Chris, I had me one of them encounters. I'm like, really? Yes. And I didn't have a crown on, but I threw something because I saw the Lord. And he was high and lifted up. What'd you throw? I don't know. I don't even remember. But I had to throw something because I had a, a time with the Lord. I'm praying that you have that on a regular basis. Now you're going about your day and all of a sudden <laughs> we used to old saints those things where they would, they would have a quickening where the Spirit of God would come on. And they, you know what I'm saying? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Spirit of God, come on. And we had a lady in our church, and that, that one leg would go out. We'd be like, what's wrong with that lady? It's like the Spirit of God came on. The leg, the leg deal. What's wrong? I pray that you get quickened in your spirit. The Spirit of God come on you. It doesn't necessarily have to be weird, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that the Holy Spirit, when you, get, when you get a taste of the Holy Spirit, you get to a place where you don't care what you look like. David said, I'll be even more undignified than this. I, I pray that you leave your dignity at the door. Don't come in here dignified. Come in here ready to glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Going about your day, all of a sudden you're being countered by the presence of God. Some of you guys don't know this, but Pastor Kevin, um, who okay, he's been here for a while, um, you know, he's not only just our executive pastor, he's, a, he's my best friend and a good brother and a, and a great pastor. But when he came here, uh, he was single, and he didn't have, he didn't, you know, he, and I would say to him, i say, hey, Kev, I go, I call him Kevo. I go, hey, Kevo, you, you, you ever think about, you know, getting married, you know what I'm saying, a relationship? And he goes, Pastor Chris, my mind is on the Lord. He goes, I'm just focused on Jesus. I'm not even worried about anything like that. But what he didn't know is, is that he had a bunch of these ladies that would come here, and they would see Kevin, and they would see him get on stage and say things, and they'd be like, oh, Kevin. I'm telling you, it was, it was, he would get up. You know how Kevin is. Kevin is the only one that can get up and wear a jacket like he does and a shirt and change the whole atmosphere of a room. You know what I'm talking about? Nobody can wear a suit and a, and a jacket like Kevin can. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Kevin's got an anointing for wearing clothes. He's got fashion sense, you know. You know, but the truth is, is that he would be up there. Have you ever seen Kevin do this? Where he'd be like, and the spirit of the Lord said, and he, and all of a sudden he does this little step deal. He goes, and then the Lord, you ever seen him do that? Well, he would do that and all the ladies would be like, oh, Kevin, oh, Lord. Oh, I just love, ooh. 
they'd be slain, not in the spirit, but they'd be slain. And all of a sudden, Kevin, I said, Kevin, there's I remember one time I looked at there was a lady, and just a group of ladies in that front row. They weren't worried about the spirit of God. They were just like, mm, just speak to me. You know what I'm saying? Your servant is, I'm telling you, they were just enamored. We're, we're, we're Kevin. And I said, Kevin, these women out here, crazy. You got it. He's like, man, Pastor Chris, my eyes are upon the Lord. I'm not even looking, PC. He goes, I'm, people would try to hook everybody, and their grandma was trying to hook Kevin up. He'd be at the Connect desk. It was for a different reason for the Connect desk. We go to Connect desk, <laughs> trying to find something for Kevin. So we'd be old ladies, we'd be like, I got a granddaughter, just get to be perfect for you. <laughs> He'd be like, you ain't signing up for Catch a Vision. That's what you like. <laughs> the ladies be like, I have caught a vision. I've already caught a vision. <laughs> so, so I was, I was, you guys don't know this, but I was very instrumental in, in having Kevin and Meredith hook up. Because Kevin, I was his wingman. I'm a good one too, by the way. And all of a sudden, Kevin was just like, I am not focused on anything else. But then all of a sudden, he was just like, my eyes are up on the Lord. Have mercy. <laughs> He said, who is that? I said, that is Meredith. That's Meredith right there. And all of a sudden, he goes, my eye, he goes, mm, the Lord is my shepherd, and he know what I want. <laughs> he know what I want. Meredith came in, and I said, Meredith, have you met Pastor Kevin? She goes, yes, I've seen him at some of our worship nights. I said, he can worship, can he? Oh, yes, he can dance. And all of a sudden, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord hooking them up. Cupid's on both of them. And all of a sudden, they started talking. Be like, Kevin, focus. Kevin, focus. He'd be like, I am focused. <laughs> I'm focused on the one, on the one. He started, he started preaching. I know in whom I have believed that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. I know my Redeemer lives. Uh, and, uh, and all of a sudden, it all changed. And all of a sudden, they got married. And he says, I wasn't even focused on anything. I was focused on the Lord. And all of a sudden, he brought me who I needed to have. When you focus your attention upon him, God says, I'm able to bring into your path whoever, whoever you need, whatever you need, however you need. Why? Because I'm the God of El Shaddai. I am more than enough. I know exactly the timing of the Lord, the placement of the Lord, the vision of the Lord, the, the peace and the joy of the Lord. So some of you right now, some of the other ladies, they were just like, well, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to get in on that. Let me tell you something. God has somebody for you. He does. He has somebody for you. He has, he has something for you. So you don't have to worry about trying to figure out what it is. He knows exactly what you need from the beginning. Set your affections on things that are above, not on things of the earth. Put your mind on, on him who keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him. Amen? He's able to do it. So we come to convince And then the fact that, that he says to the woman at the well, Verse 15, says, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go and call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman... Believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship that you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is. Say that with me. And now 
is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I, who speak to you, am he. There's an encounter with the Lord where her eyes were open, and she was able to see Jesus for who he is. I'm telling you what, God wants you to think outside of the box. He wants to encounter you where your eyes are open, where not where you're like, I found Jesus, but he found you and he was there all along. He was there with you. The Bible says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because he was with me. His rod and his staff comforts me. He is the one who is with me all the time. He'll never, when I go through the flood, when I go through the flame, when I go through the fire, he's there with me. The encounter of the Lord, he wants to encounter encounter you in the place where you are. He's intentional about it. He wants to blow your mind enough to make you drop your water pots and say, come see a man that told me everything I've ever done. That encounter with the Lord. Blow the lids off of your thinking. Blow your just unconventional thinking. I know I thought this way. How many times you've been thought that God was going to come in this way and he came in this way? How many times you like, I know God. That's the problem. Some of y'all like, he hadn't come through. He's not going that way. He's going this way. But I thought he would, yeah, that's why he says your thoughts are not my thoughts and your ways are not my ways, said God. So when you start to think, but I have, the, but we have the mind of Christ. So when you align your will, you're thinking with him, it'll cause you to have the best encounter you can ever have. God, I'm not, it's not my will, but your will be done. I would call my mother sometimes and I would say, mom, I go, I need you to pray. I need you to pray because I got a boss. You know, when I was working at Delta Airlines, I go, you, I got a boss. And I, I mean, he just, he just, he's awful. And she goes, well, you know what the best prayer? I go, come on, yeah, let's pray. She goes, pray, not my will, but your will be done. Silence. Chris, ma'am, did you hear what I said? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> pray with me, not my will, but your will be done. So I was praying to God to remove the guy. And I was able to pray with him later and lead him to the Lord. Because I was trying to go one way. God's like, I'm going this way. You trying to go through the door. He goes, no, I'm going through the window. And I'm going to open up a window and pour out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. You trying to go. And he's like, I, follow me. Follow me. Go, go, I go this way. Because in, in going this way, well, how do I know the way? That's what the disciples ask. I am the way. He says that. Jesus says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So you want to have an encounter? This is what I want to leave you with. I want you to have this this week. I want you to open your eyes to see the encounters of the Lord that he wants to have with you this week. What encounter? What is that? In your prayer time? In your, in your quiet time? Some of y'all have quiet times. I have loud times. Y'all have quiet time. I have loud times. But I should be like, uh, you all right in there? I'm like, Yes. I'm telling you what, I be turning on some of that, some gospel music. I turn on, so sometimes I, sometimes I do Bethel. Sometimes I go into, into Marvin Sapp. Sometimes I go in, you know what I'm saying? I just, I just, I, sometimes I, huh? What? You know what I'm saying? I can't. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I lift my hands. Sometimes I had to put the shades down because I want to dance. You know what I'm saying? There's sometimes, let it be unconventional. Think outside the box. Think outside your norm. Think outside of whatever it is that you have had in the past and say, God, I just want an encounter. 
I want you to do something. Just cra- blow my mind. Let me, enough to make me leave my water pots and run into the town and say, come see a man. Come see a man that told me everything. Now, see, that's not, that's not the best testimony because you say that today. Come see a man that told me everything that I've ever done. And he'll tell you everything that you ever, like, no, thank you. <laughs> but the truth is the whole town came. As read, read the rest of the story. The whole town came because she had one encounter. It takes one. Look at your neighbor and say, it takes one. Look at your other neighbor and say, it takes one. It takes one. 